0: Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
2: And welcome back, George Norrie with you. For more than two decades, Shelley Kerr, Ph.D., has worked with thousands of people around the planet, helping them achieve greater peace and happiness in their own lives. A world-renowned past life regressionist, Dr. Shelley's methods of combining energy work with hypnosis has been endorsed by numerous leaders in the field of consciousness, including near-death experience pioneer Dr. Raymond Moody and Dr. Brian Weiss. She received her doctorate of philosophy in parapsychic science from the American Institute of Holistic Theology back in 2001, has been a regular guest here on Coast to Coast, and her latest book is called Past Lives in Ancient Lands and Other Worlds. Dr. Shelley Kerr, back on Coast to Coast. Hi, Shelley.
3: Hey, George, how are you doing? I'm
2: doing fine. I hope you are, too.
3: I am doing great. It's great to be with you.
2: Great, by by the way. You hit a home run with this one.
3: Thank you so much, and thank you for your support of this one. I really appreciate it. I'm excited about it. You
2: deserve it. You did a great job. And what do we learn from the ancient lands that could help us today?
3: Well, there's so many things. Um, When we dive into these ancient lands specifically, I think we get a lot more information about our soul, where we fit in in history, what our purpose is, and and just all kinds of things by diving in a little deeper in this book.
2: What made you decide to look at the ancient times?
3: I think it really began, like a lot of the projects that I've been working on lately, during the pandemic,
2: um, Uh
3: because we were, of course, locked down, and I had a group of students. And I was on Coast to Coast earlier, we were talking about that series that I did on the ancient Egyptians, and I was talking to students about the gnomes of ancient Egypt, which were the ancient city-states, the deities that were different maybe in um, Heliopolis, and then we talked about Memphis, Triad, Thebes, and Hermopolis. And when we would do guided imagery journey, and I would bring the historical context into the work, rather than just taking people into regressions, the details that they were able to recall about their former lives were so much um, clearer and so much more specific than anything that I'd ever experienced before. So I really wanted in this new book to start saying, well, everybody knows I loved Egypt, of course, but what if we went in and really started giving historical context to a lot of the different places in the ancient world? sprinkled in with some of the bazillions of uh, stories that I've been hearing over the last 20-plus years so that readers can really start to dive in and, and ask themselves, wow, you know, this, maybe I lived here or, or maybe this is intriguing, or, and so we can find places where we need to heal. Um, and, and again, just trying to help people find out, like, who are you really at your soul e- essence? based on the places that you've been in past lives.
2: Shelley, in addition to ancient Egypt, what other lands uh, have we looked at here?
3: Here we've gone beyond that. Um, the book is really begins at the beginning of history, so we start with prehistory hunter-gatherers in some very um, primitive settings. We go to Mesopotamia, Babylon, and the Persian Empire, which I've never discussed before. Of course, yes, Egypt, um, but I divide Egypt this time a lot more um, diligently, let's say, into the Old, the Middle, the New Kingdom, into the Ptolemaic period of Cleopatra, one of our favorite discussions, I know. Mm -hmm. And then we go into the ancient Greece, but we also go into the Minoans, the Mycenaeans, ancient Europe, Celts and Druids and Vikings, um, the Americas. We have to talk about the Mayans. That's very popular, Peru and others in the Americas, Um, ancient Rome, Asia, and Australia.
2: You talk a lot about past life regression uh, in these works. How important is that?
3: It became very important to me um, personally years ago when I had unresolved grief and I was looking high and low for relief from that and it it really helped me to come to a different understanding about difficulties that I was having in my current existence I I always get asked about this, like, aren't we supposed to be in the here and now and and trying to make the best out of this moment? And I agree that we should be doing that. But I also had done some research about the idea that we're here minding our business, but these unwanted influences come in from, from different places, whether we're traveling or we meet people we've known in previous lifetimes and things like that. And so it brings up these opportunities for us to heal and sometimes... Um, the source of some of our difficulties that we're facing in this life come from past lives. You know, and we don't always look there first, but a lot of the people I've worked with over the years have, maybe it's a last resort, but they finally think, well, you know what? I'm having these difficulties. They don't seem to be getting any better. Maybe we better try past lives. And so I think that's one of the reasons why people um, look at it, if it's, if it's something that needs to come up to help you heal. And, yes, make this present moment the best that it can be.
2: Shelley, how difficult or how easy is it to get people ready for their past life regressions?
3: I think it depends on the person, but I've worked with so many people now. You know, everybody expects that if we're going to go into past lives that we need to be one of these super visual people. And so I try to speak with students and readers to talk them through the concept that not everyone is going to have really um, technicolored vivid memories and visions and things. So sometimes we hear an inner voice or sometimes we have inner feelings and thoughts. And so all of my guided journeys are in books and things are divided so that we can start engaging with which modality. Do we see pictures? Do we have thoughts? Are we having feelings? The other thing in this book and others I've been trying to bring up is if we're going to take the time to do these journeys and to go into the past, it's a really good idea to get a journal out. That could be an app in your phone. It could be a document, a paper journal, or even a few pieces of paper just to write down some of the things that we're bringing up. And then just learning how to open the mind to imaginative thoughts, to creating relaxation, um, creating our sacred space in our physical world. And then I create. I help people create like a space where we walk through a door and we go into a sacred space in their mind's eye and then they keep returning to that space again and again and again so it becomes very very easy but this is kinda like exercising a muscle I mean we need to get used to the the idea and just continue the process of doing it uh, becomes easier and easier over time with a little bit of prep work up front.
2: Shelley, dream experts recommend a journal too that when you wake up with a dream write it down right away. Why does that work?
3: It is really strange, you know, Um, the dream imagery is so foreign to our conscious mind that if we blink or go have a cup of coffee, it seems that it's gone or we don't quite remember exactly how it is. So this is very, very similar to what we're talking about in the dream state. Um, When you're in that trance state and I'm asking you different questions that you probably haven't been asked before, these pictures, thoughts, and feelings start to bubble up, very similar to dream imagery. And it you, it is something that you'd want to take down and take notes of right away because down the road, you could be having a piece to a puzzle that's really going to unlock some kind of personal understanding for yourself. So it's good to keep track.
2: You've talked about virtual reality. Tell us how that mixes in with this.
3: Yeah, I, uh, I started talking to readers up front as well about something that is, I guess it's a different way for me to be thinking about it than I would have 20 years ago, let's say. That one of the ways we're going to start remembering who we've been in past lives would be through watching programming, whether that's on the History Channel, the Discovery Channel, or whether that's even picking up a pair of virtual reality goggles, we can travel all over the world now in virtual reality, and we can start to find places that are either intriguing or maybe they're a little bit spooky. And virtual reality really gives us an opportunity to see things up close and personal in a way that we can't even do probably when we're visiting these sites. you know. And it can be very, very helpful for beginning the processes of starting to open up the subconscious mind to all of the memories of past lives that are stored within the depths of the soul.
2: Why is there this apparent blockage of past lives in humans?
3: The Greeks believed that we dipped into a river of forgetfulness because the idea is that we want to come here as a blank slate and we want to learn lessons through experience, it would seem that if we did know all of the things that we had experienced as souls, maybe life could be easier. It might be more overwhelming. I mean, I have encountered a few people who believe that they did not dip into that river and they do have memories of, they claim, when they were babies and things like that. But, you know, for most of us, we just simply don't remember. I think it also speaks to psychology. Psychologists believe that we can really only hold seven chunks of information mm-hmm. in our consciousness. So we would really get sensory overload. And I, th- I personally believe we're all having sensory overload right now anyway with all of the content that we're consuming. So there's just really only, only so much we can digest at any given time.
2: Why is it so important to go back and get those past lives?
3: If there's something that's really troubling you, or let's say we're at a crossroads, which everyone's going to be at some point or another, and we want to know what's next, or what are my gifts and talents, you know. Sometimes we can't get in touch with these things just through three-dimensional consciousness in our current reality, and when we go back into the past, there's usually a story we're telling, so we can go back, let's say, I always tell people there's usually just three things we're working on, love and relationships, health or security and abundance, prosperity, creating money, So let's say we're going for a relationship issue. We go into a past situation, and we can say, oh, my gosh, look, so-and-so is there. We're doing the same things in this past life, and we're doing them the same here. So if the things we're doing in the past are helping us and they feel beneficial, then let's keep doing more of them, and let's figure out how to do that. But as is always, or let's say quite possibly um, often the case, We need to make changes to that behavior. So by just getting up above a problem and seeing it through a different vantage point, we can come into the now, make those changes, and then move on feeling peaceful and and moving forward in our lives.
2: Shelly, where do spirit guides or angels
3: come in? It is super helpful for people to connect with a guide or a guardian angel of some kind before going on these journeys. So when we're doing our setup, we're relaxing ourselves, we're walking through a doorway into a sacred space that we've created. And while there, we're going to meet with a beautiful angel, a guide. It could be an ancestor. It could be a deceased friend or loved one. It's just going to be somebody who loves you. They have your back. They know every single thing there is to know about your soul. And then this comes into play if people are having difficulties, let's say they're not a visual person, then their guide is going to go with them. And so we can ask the guide, okay, so what's happening here? Or the guide can show them things. The guide can hold their hand and take them through the journey. And it just makes it easier for people to process. And it's just very comforting.
2: Do we all have spirit guides or angels?
3: I, I believe we do. Yes. And I think they've come in all kinds of different forms. I mean, People have deceased loved ones who look out as loving angels. I believe in guardian angels. I've I've seen mine in this space that I'm describing, Um, and I think we have different spirit guides, beings of light, who are helping us absolutely.
2: Well, sometimes miraculous things, uh, Shelley, happen to people, and I do believe that the angels or guardian angels have stepped in to help that and make that happen. But there are cases where bad things happen to good people, and no one steps in to help them. Why?
3: That is a great question. You know, I think that's a a very big philosophical question. Like, why do bad things happen to good people? And I don't think any of us really understand that for sure. Um, there's journeys in my book where we talk about taking people to a space before they incarnated in this current lifetime, where they can meet with God, Creator, Source, and and say, hey, God, you know, what? Have, what is the plan here? What's the action plan for this thing that I'm getting ready to do in my current life? And so sometimes we can get those answers there. I do think that sometimes when we go through difficult times, we end up obviously learning lessons, and we definitely become more empathetic towards others in a way that I don't know that we would have been, because unfortunately, as I know you know, people typically learn better through having hard times. If we're having really good times, usually we're just sitting on the beach relaxing. But if something's challenging, then we tend to dig in and and go on a journey to try to learn. And so I think it's one of the ways we learn, too.
2: You have keyed in on Lemuria and Atlantis. Tell us about that.
3: Yes. um, I love to talk about Lemuria. I first learned about Lemuria many, many years ago. I wrote a book about Hawaii, and there were... um, stories about the lost continent of Mu, which was supposedly a fictitious place, but it was also in the ancient lore of the people there um, in island settings. And so in my career earlier, you know, I wrote a lot of books about gem and mineral healing. And so I wrote one about the Lemurian seed crystals with this idea that these Lemurians are some kind of interdimensional extraterrestrials who are coming through, and they're bringing loving energies to planet Earth. Um, the idea of Lemuria was, of course, popularized also recently by Edgar Casey, who recorded a lot of people who had past lives in Lemuria. He said this was the civilization that predated Atlantis. It was also mentioned by Madame Lavatsky. Mm-hmm. And so in the Casey readings, one of the things Edgar Casey spoke about was the fact that It was a time when we were living as non-corporal beings. We were just little space bubbles out in the universe, and then we decided to to incarnate into this land of Lemuria, the idea being that this was a very peaceful space, everyone was loving each other, everything was harmonious, and then as Earth changes and different things migrated these beings to different areas, then I believe they've merged at some points with the Atlanteans, and then... It gave rise to the Atlantean civilization, which was a, diff- uh, a different, uh, more advanced civilization that had all of the luxuries in the world, but basically misused their power and were eventually destroyed. And this is also another big part of the Edgar Casey Life Readings, you know, just warning people, I think, that Lemuria is like a utopia, something we might strive for. Whereas Atlantis is more of that cautionary tale and the idea that many people who are living today may be reincarnated Atlanteans. And so we're back here on Earth. We're trying to see if we're going to do it right this time. And I certainly hope we do.
2: Is there an ancient land that is more important than another?
3: I think that would depend on each individual, um, depending on what it is that they're resonating with. One of the reasons why I'm pr- proposing people go through this material a couple of times, when they read Ancient Lands and Other Worlds, if they could read it the first time kind of as an entertainment, then that's when it starts to stimulate the mind as to what in- information is interesting to me, what is making the hair on the back of my head next, stand up, and it's terrorizing me, and then they can start to tune in at a soul level to what is going to be important to them individually, and then go back and say, okay, well, now I want to dive into ancient Greece, or now I want to look at the Mesopotamians. So I think that answer has to be kind of an individual thing.
0: Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month. No matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Haya.